Brilliant. Or Stockton12Honda.com. 1234567891010. dealer for details. Welcome to Office Depot. How can I help you? We're getting her organized for back to school. Yep, got my green notebook and folder for chemistry. I mean, science is always green because, of course. Right? Because math always has red notebooks. Right? Because blue notebooks are for English, English. And, and yellow are for, for social, social studies, studies. And, and purple, purple is, is for music. music. And, and uh, uh, are, are we, we twins? twins? Uh, no. Get everything on their list from the advisors at Office Depot Office Max. This week's doorbuster, one-inch binders for $1. $1 in-store or online at officedepot.com. Limit 10. Bees fans, the Dodger Resorts and My Holiday Pass have teamed up to get fans up to $250 in travel credit to a Vedanta Resorts location. Vedanta Resorts is a proud partner of the Salt Lake Bees and Mexico's finest luxury resort destination. Do not miss your opportunity to cash in on a $250 travel credit. Just visit gobees.myholidaypass.com now to claim your credit. Again, that's gobees.myholidaypass.com. We'll see you at the ballpark. Ski Chevy at Solitude is here, which can only mean one thing. It's the perfect time to drop in to your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers, where you'll get two season passes to ski Solitude Mountain Resort when you purchase or lease a new Silverado, Colorado, Blazer, Equinox, or Traverse. Retail value is $1,998. Offer valid while supplies last or until 1031.19. See participating dealer for complete redemption details and restrictions. Residency restrictions apply. See your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers today. You're my storyteller. You're my bucking bronco. You're my protector from closet monsters. You're my shoe tire. You're my macaroni and cheese maker. You're my Saturday morning cartoon buddy. You're my alley fixer. You're my catcher, pitcher, fielder, and coach. But if you get hurt at work, all that can change. So please be careful out there. Be careful out there. Please be careful. A message from WCS Insurance. Hey, this is Chris from JCW's, the Burger Boys. We've been cooking up delicious burgers in Utah for 20 years, and I'd like to personally invite you to give us a try if you haven't already. Enjoy one of our famous burgers, a salad, world-class wings, and see why we say at JCW's, quality and a lot of it. Come in and see us at our new location in Harriman. What's up, everybody? I'm Mike Wilson with Any Hour Services, reminding you that we have professional electricians, plumbers, and HVAC technicians ready to help with any size project around your home. Find ways that we can help with your electrical, plumbing, heating, and drain projects at anyhourservices.com. From the Carrier HVAC studio, this is KCNS FM Colville, KCNS AM Salt Lake City, 975-1280 The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Whether you're stuck at the mall, in the yard, or making a quick trip to the home improvement store, we've got your back. It's gonna be May. This is the Saturday Show with Adrian Lizer and Jake Hatch on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Oh, here it goes, here it goes, here it goes, get it now. Oh, here it goes, get it. I should've known, should've known, should've known again. Welcome in 3 o'clock hour here on the Zone Sports Network. Adrian Jay Catch, Alex Lundenberg behind the glass. You can follow us on Twitter at 247Lundy, at Jacob C. Hatch, and at AP Lizer. We're having a great time here. Big thanks to Sean Walker of KSL who stopped by to talk some high school football mm-hmm. as uh, week one is underway. We'll, get, we'll talk a lot about that over the course of their season as uh, Jake does his podcast here at the Zone Sports Network. So one week, ten, nine to go in the regular season. Nine more weeks to go. Yeah, it's crazy how fast it comes and goes. Yep. Uh, right now, back to college football. 
Uh, Frank Dolce, who will be doing the pre and post game coverage here for the Zone Sports Network on the Utah side of things. Correct. Uh, he was on with Tony and Austin, and they were talking about the rivalry game, offense of Utah. They also got into Zach Wilson a little bit, and uh, I thought it was some very interesting answers. So I want to let you hear from that here. And then coming up, we'll let you hear from Kyle Whittingham as he spoke with the media today and talk about what the Utes need to do heading into the start of the season. Uh, so right now, here is Frank Dolce from earlier in the week. Now, who would win in a 40-yard dash, Frank Dolce or Hans Olsen? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Best laugh in the game, by the way. Oh, Frank. It. Well, Frank, all the hands can move. Hands can That's move. That's not even close. Frank, I think you got it, though. You think I got it? Yeah. You think I got it? That's. I'm just. That's a, I, nobody border, said if this was full contact offensive. or not. <laughs> that's borderline offensive that you would that you would question that. <laughs> I, I I think that uh, you'd get him by uh, full second. I uh, think the better matchup is Hans and Gordon Monson. That's a closer wow. matchup. Oh, wow! Now both of them are going to think you're throwing shade at, at at them, but I think you're throwing more shade at Hans there than Gordon. That's probably true. <laughs> I I would be willing to put something down, maybe a shake, that I'm the fastest. Now, but see if we if we put the shake the if we put the shake at the at the finish line, Hans will beat you. That's the problem there. So no, no, he won't because he has the strictures that you know <laughs> he has the issue he can't swallow and his esophagus closes down. He doesn't even eat shakes anymore. Oh, yeah, that's what he says. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You'd have to put some beef jerky or a rib or something a at pie. the yeah okay at the finish line. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but they, yeah, but just to settle that, there's no question. I'll race hands any day of the week. We're going to make this happen. Oh yeah, that's absolutely going to happen. All right, what are the good things you saw from Huntley in that four game stretch last year where he started to really play some great ball that you think he'll carry on into the 2019 season? Well, he, he Huntley certainly played well in that stretch, but if you go back to it, I think a lot. There's a lot more to be said about the game plan during that stretch and the way they managed Tyler Huntley and the things that they asked him to do and the support that he got from the run game. Prior to that, the run game, it still felt like the run game was a second option for some reason. And, and it turned around when Zach Moss became the focal point of the offense and Tyler Huntley wasn't asked to carry the ball as regularly and designed run plays. And then the, the passing game turned into more, much more of a high percentage throw the ball downfield to complete passes. You don't have to sit in the pocket and try to go through these massive progressions and operate under pressure. And his, and his completion percentage started hovering around 70% in those games. So although I think Tyler Huntley did a fantastic job of executing the game plan. To me, it was more about the game plan. And that's why I'm excited about Andy Ludwig and what he potentially brings to this offense as the new offensive coordinator. I think he understands the talent on the field. He's worked with similar talent in places where he's been, especially at, uh, most recently at Vanderbilt. 
and and then to, to have this concept of we're going to be a we're, we're going to decidedly be a team that's based in the run game with a terrific crew of running backs and a very athletic quarterback who can who can keep you off balance with his legs and then we're going to ask him to just get the ball to our athletes on the outside and let them make something happen five or ten yards downfield. Uh, Frank, do you take the Jake Scott approach of he'll believe it when he sees it when it comes to all this hype about Jalen Dixon and how he's going to be the breakout receiver? Is this just camp hype, or did Jalen really show us some stuff at the end of the season that can carry over? I'm always I, – I, I rarely make a prediction on a guy until I see him under the lights. I, I mean, there, there, you can see things in, in camp – and you see athleticism in camp, but it's deceiving because lots of times, you, you know, you have camp superstars. Those are guys that show up and, and they look the part and they run around really well and they make a lot of plays and under pressure, it becomes something different. And, and so I, I like Jalen and I, I certainly think that he has all of the talent and all of the ability and all of the potential to be a very special player. And, and I think he did show some signs, but I'd never take it out of camp and, and I would never put a prediction on a guy like this is going to be his breakout year. I potentially, yeah, I guess, you know, he has that, he kind of has that background, but, but uh, it just it never is the same. Until you put some, you put someone on the run. How many times have we, especially about the quarterback position? How many times have we heard about a quarterback coming out of camp and he's going to be the next this and the next that, and and then all of a sudden, you know, seven guys come rushing at you and you can't figure out how to take a proper drop and get rid of the football. So, I think there's a lot of talent and a lot of ability there, but I'd like to see it happen on some Saturday afternoons. Frank Dolce joining us here on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Lease any handset, get an iPad for $99.99. Visit the local Sprint store near you. What's the game that worries you the most outside of the game at Washington? I, I'm i going to fudge on this a little bit because it's not – I don't have I, – I, I always look at Utah's schedule, and I never pick – maybe outside of Washington, I'll think, although I think, I think I like that matchup. Utah at Washington this year, so I, I, maybe that isn't the game that worries me the most. I like that matchup, but but I always look at the Utah schedule and I say I think there's this particular number of losses on the schedule. I don't know exactly where they come from, but based on the schedule and who they have to play and where they have to play, I think there's this number of losses. I've I've kind of done that with this team, and and it seems to me like in a in a perfect scenario Utah goes undefeated this year, but I do think that if they if, if the ball doesn't bounce their way, there are a couple losses on that schedule. Washington certainly pops out. The game at USC, although I don't think USC utilizes the talent they, they have available like they should in the past couple of years, the, the problem is they still have all of that talent available. I think that, that the Arizona schools always give me a little bit of heartache. And, and I don't know what the deal is with Mike Leach, but he always gives Utah problems. So I, I look at I look at what are, those are four or five games on the schedule that Utah really has to be playing at, at the top of their game. I think Utah has all of the talent and all of the the ability to go through this schedule and come out unscathed, um, but that is a tremendous task 
I think it's enormous. And, and so I look at it, and, and maybe, maybe this is a Utah football team that excels. And, and even with that, I, I see there's you know, maybe a couple losses on that schedule somewhere. And by the way, I, I know you mentioned it, I, and this is, no, this, is not, this is not a knock on BYU in any sense. I don't see that as a – just because of the, the, the conference affiliation and, and, and Utah's trying to – you know, there's kind of different goals – I don't. I, I don't worry. I'm not worried about Utah at BYU, and I'm not saying I'm not worried about Utah losing that game. It's just not a game that I look at the schedule and say, "Oh, I'm I'm worried about that game and how it affects Utah's ability to get to the Pac-12 championship." You know, at the end of the season. So I'm all about the rivalry game. I hope they play it every single year, and and obviously I want Utah to come out on top. But but it's not the top game on my schedule. You know, that's not the top worry on my schedule this year. What if it's the game that keeps them out of the college football playoff? What if they win every game except that one? Well, then I, w- I would worry about that later on. The, the issue is that um, it's the first game on the schedule. And so let's say Utah loses that game and goes undefeated the rest of the season. You know, that, that's, that's very difficult, I think. Although it is, you know, the team in the Pac-12, it's very difficult for any sort of committee to to knock Utah with the one loss at the beginning of the season, and then to go through a gauntlet of a schedule through the Pac-12 and come out come out on top. So, um, although that I could see that I could see that happening, one loss on the Utah schedule at the first game of the year, I don't think keeps them out of a playoff scenario. Besides his shoulder, what would be your biggest question mark about Zach Wilson coming into year number two? I, the, just the, the amount of, of tape available now, mm-hmm. uh, the amount of game film available now to defenses. So I like Wilson. I think he's very talented. In fact, I watched his, I watched his younger brother play uh, last night at, at Corner Canyon. He's a good little linebacker, so... But, but, but Zach Wilson's very good, and, but now a bunch of teams have game film on him, and now you can prepare for him. I think that he benefited a little bit from being an, un, an unknown last year. People didn't understand his ability to not only throw the ball but be effective escaping pressure and utilizing his legs to pick up yardage and keep the offense moving. And, and so I think that's a little diff- more difficult this year when teams will now be much more prepared for the quarterback position. Could you sense the difference on the field when you knew that teams were now really able to do the homework needed to be ready to handle everything that you were good at? Like, where were you? Do you remember the moment where you're like, oh, wow, they, they kind of know a lot of what I like to do now, and, and, it, and you could sense it on the field? There, there are games – Absolutely. There are games when you you go up to the line of scrimmage and you start barking out a signal and the defense is calling the play and you are you just you just thinking, wow, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen here today. This is this is this is difficult. Or you, you drop back and, and something that looked like in a pre-snap read. Well, you know, I, I'm certain I'm going to have the slot receiver on this five yard out. And all of a sudden that's taken away. It's gone. In, in a moment's notice. And so game planning and the ability to diagnose plays on the defensive side, 
uh, it, it can become disheartening. But that's why it's so important, and we talk about this all the time on a broadcast. You watch the quarterback, and when quarterbacks get stuck on receivers and it gives the defense a huge advantage, that's why you can just – you always, as a quarterback, you have to – you kind of like to do your pre-snap stuff, but you always have to have this ability to, to take what the defense gives you. You have to – analyze the defense on every single play as you're making your drop back and so that's why that that position and you know the guys that really that really play well you know the the Elways and the Brady's and the Mannings of the world they're able to diagnose the defense in that five three or five step drop every single time they they take a snap and that's what that's what creates you know the great quarterbacks versus the very average quarterbacks who kind of just get stuck on their pre-snap stuff. Frank, earlier you said that Arizona, uh, the Arizona teams always give you some heartache. Pick one for me. Which one concerns you more and why? I would think it would be uh, Arizona State just because I, I was so surprised by what Herm Edwards did. Was I gave Arizona State absolutely no chance of being competitive last year. I thought that Herm Edwards' experiment was going to be a disaster, and it turned out to be completely the opposite. So I... I've turned 180 degrees and become a big, although I've always been a Herm Edwards fan, I'm a huge fan of what he's done with Arizona State. I think that's going to, I think that's going to continue. So, and I think he's been able to recruit some talent down there. I, I, I don't know what it is about Arizona, and, and we've gone into seasons where Utah, you marked that one on the schedule where Utah should beat Arizona, and then all of a sudden Utah doesn't beat Arizona. And I know it's a new coaching staff, and, but that seems to be a hard thing to overcome for Utah, and they have a you know great quarterback coming back, good running game coming back, and I'm I'm a still a fan of college football. If you can establish a running game, you're, you're going to give yourself a really good chance to win some football games. And I think that's the worry about Arizona is that they're able to they're they're able to move the ball effectively, control the ball at the line of scrimmage on the ground so and then you know there are a bunch of other teams in the Pac-12 South I just you know everybody's writing off UCLA and Chip Kelly maybe I'm alone in this but it's not like Chip Kelly forgot how to coach football and I just have to believe that unless he's just tired unless he's just tired of coaching unless he's just lost interest in coaching I just have to believe that he's going to be able to to put together something with the ability to recruit athletes at, at UCLA mm-hmm. and with his football mind, especially on the offensive side, I just, I, I don't know that I'm so willing to write off UCLA. I mean, I just, the South seems much more, I, everybody's kind of saying, well, Utah's clearly on top. I think that's true. I think Utah's the top of the South, but it's not like the South is a cakewalk either. Very true. Frank, excited for this game coming up in a couple of weeks and for the season to get started. And looking forward to working with you on the broadcast there with KJAZ and, and KMYU. Sorry, I missed you yesterday. I've I've had uh, yes. B's and, responsibilities. And you were missed. I was filling in big shoes <laughs> on the sidelines. No question about it. Yeah, right. Uh, I don't know if you know the shoe size I wear, but they, they, they're not bigger than the shoe size you wear. Not actual size, but no. I'm just talking, you know, more metaphorically. Oh, I see. Oh, large okay. Shoe to My fill. bad. My yeah. bad. I, yeah. I, I missed that. All of that, that talent. Hard to, hard to equate with. They are to equal that talent. That's all. <laughs> Frank, you're the man. Thanks so much for a few minutes, bro. We'll talk to you soon. Always appreciate it. Great to talk to you guys. We'll catch up soon. Thanks, man. There you go. Frank Dolce on with Tony and Austin. 
bunch of interesting things there, including he was asked about Zach Wilson, mm -hmm. and he said he thinks he's immensely talented, but he's interested to see what will happen now that schools have tape on Zach Wilson. That he benefited. That's a great question. He benefited from being an unknown when he came into the games last year. I would absolutely agree with that. He was. He no, nobody had a scouting report on. They could go back to his high school film if you wanted to, but high school film's so hard to judge off of that. Yeah, he was an unknown. Now that they've got seven, eight games of game film on him, now it's absolutely going to be a, a key factor in how he goes about playing the game. Can he evolve to stay ahead of this? of the trend of these teams catching up to a quarterback. It'll be an interesting debate. And teams like Utah, USC, mm -hmm. Washington, and Tennessee have the personnel to maybe try to offset some of what makes them special. Oh, but we talked yeah. earlier in the show that we we both believe Zach's the kind of guy who should be able to attack this without any sort of trepidation. Like, he's going to be mentally prepared to do this. Yeah, they should, absolutely. It, it'll be interesting to see um, – if BYU can scheme to keep him ahead of these defenses, mm -hmm. like you said, these these first four teams in particular, they should have the athletes to hang hang with it, and they're paying these coaches big money to break down that film, really look at it. University of Utah has spent what eight months now looking yeah. at that film, getting ready for this game. You can guarantee they got a game plan. Plus, having film on him from their own game yes. last year. Correct. Remember Julian Blackman last week on um, one of the shows? He said that it wasn't so much what. Zach was doing, but more mm -hmm. what they were doing wrong. Correct. So, interesting game inside the game there. Yeah, I I do. Man, I'm I'm excited for this game to get here. Yeah, it's been a long summer. It's just like the Jazz. I'm like tired of like saying all these guys are going to be great together. I actually mm -hmm. want to see them on the court together. Yeah, we need to actually see them start playing stuff, but we got to wait just a little bit longer. Yeah, it's coming quick though. And then college football gets going before you know it. All right, coming. Speaking of, we're gonna let you hear from Kyle Whittingham who spoke with the media today. We had our guys up there and got some the audio from it, so we will let you hear that coming up on the other side. And where does BYU have maybe an advantage to attack uh, Utah on either offense or defense? We talked a little bit about it earlier in the show. We'll get back into that conversation, too, because I think it's a good one. That's all coming up next here on the Saturday Show. More here on your afternoon on the Zone Sports Network Saturday show. Alex behind the glass, Jake and Adrian here. Let's let you hear from Kyle Whittingham, head coach of the University of Utah. As he spoke with the media a little bit ago and uh, talked about today's practice on a Saturday and going into the next week and a half as they prepare for BYU. Here's Kyle Whittingham. Yes, coach. What do you expect from your captains? Uh, leadership, first and foremost. They got a, and a, the the uh, trait of a great leader is he sets the bar, and then demands everyone else lives up to that. And so they got to lead by example. They got to set the pace, and then, like I said, demand those around them to, to do the same. And we have a saying here: the standard is the standard. You know, the standard that we have set in this program is the standard, and everyone will live up to it. Kyle, you got camp done. Did you get everything accomplished you wanted to? Just about. You know, if we had to kick today, Andy Strauss, our guy, you know, he, he's definitely in number one right now. Now, that doesn't mean that it's set in stone because, you know, things can happen between now and the game. There's 12 days, and then when we get into the season, you got to perform in the games. The bottom line is you got to perform when the lights are on in the games themselves. But, but right now, he has won that job at this point in time. 
So uh, O-line, we feel like we've got that uh, pretty well solidified with those six guys, Paul Tuala and uh, Johnny Maev rotating in there with the other four. Uh, other, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten are still developing, but getting closer and closer to being game ready. No change on Bam as far as his status. Um, linebacker is still a guy or two away there that we need to develop, but we made a lot of progress. And so, uh, you know, if we can stay healthy at linebacker, knock on wood, then we'll be just fine. But it's tough to stay healthy all year. Is the offense line good enough? With Zach running the ball, that if you don't see plus one in the box right away, you'll see it pretty quickly. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, that's tough to say. I mean, it's uh, a lot of that hinges on the receiver play, and I mean, there's so many things that go into that. But uh, you know, we we got the best running back in the Pac-12, in our opinion, and one of the best in the country. So we're certainly gonna gonna feed him the ball, see what happens. What did you find out about your team that you didn't know two and a half weeks ago? Not much, because I. We got a good feel for these guys in spring, and it just carried over into fall. The work ethic, the leadership, the the, the uh, absolute blue-collar, business-like mentality, uh, coming to work every day, taking care of their business. Uh, just a great, great team to coach. I'm having as much fun now as I ever have. If you can call it fun, I guess you call it fun. Speaking of fun, yeah. you seem like you have fun giving the uh, scholarships. Scholarships is, if not the best, one of the best aspects of being a head coach and seeing these guys come in, work their tails off for two, three, four years, uh, just bleed and sweat like everybody else, but pay their own way the whole time, and then to be able to reward them, that's, a, that's a gratifying, very gratifying, and, and we've done we've had the opportunity to give uh, three of those guys scholarships this fall. Are you the one that comes up with those? Or uh, it's a, we have, we have a think tank. We have a think tank. That I'm in the think tank, but I, I can't take credit for all of it. Does that mean Andrew gets a scholarship no, 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 not yet. We're going to, you know, yet, like I said, the litmus test, the ultimate litmus test is the game, game situation. So if we, if everything goes there, we do have a scholarship set aside for specialists if they can perform to a Pac 12 level. Just because you're the best in this camp doesn't mean, you know, that you get a scholarship. You got to prove that you're a capable Pac 12 kicker, which we feel he's going to do that. Do you have to hold some scholarships back with the transfer portal all the time? Can you ever be fully committed? How does that work? We're fully committed right now with the initial 25. There's two counts you're up against, 25 initials per year and 85 overall. And uh, right now we're up against the uh, initial 25 count. So so we held them back and uh, we filled the last one. You know, when Bam got cleared academically, that was the last one, although he's still not cleared from a uh, eligibility standpoint. Jack, now do you have a month of practice before the season starts? No, I'd rather have preseason you know, scrimmages or games or something like that to break it up, but I don't think college will ever get to that. You know, The NFL model is great where you practice a week and a half or so then start playing preseason games, but uh, I don't know if that's feasible in college. It's probably not feasible, but uh, you know, I think that uh, it's better than it used to be. We get 25 practices. It used to be 29. I think before that it was even more than that. So, so I think they've got it as good as it can be for our circumstances. But shorter would be okay for you if it was not so many? Shorter practices or shorter? Shorter amount of practices. Uh, you know, I think 25 is about right. Yeah, I think, but you'd like to be able to break it up with some scrimmaging or something against somebody instead of pounding on yourselves right. for, you know, 30 straight days or whatever it is, 28 straight days, you'd rather line up and, and scrimmage somebody else. But in college ball, I don't know how that would be structured. I don't know how they do that. Generally speaking, did you come out of this camp healthy? Yes, relatively speaking, generally speaking, uh, some bumps and bruises, but but nothing really that's uh, you know is just disastrous, you know. But we do have some guys that got injured. There you go. 
generally and hypothetically and figuratively, figuratively we're healthy and, and you know. hey you can tell he's upbeat about this program yeah that's yeah, that's about as positive as Woody Ham's gonna get sounds like they finally may have found a kicker Andrew Strau the UCLA transfer grad transfer from UCLA um you know it's better than I do Alex how many kicks has he attempted in his time at UCLA I think it was like something like two or three maybe yeah it wasn't many there you know there's a reason that he transferred yeah well yeah, I think it's very clear. I, hey, that's a big part of Utah's game every year. Is it the is the fact that they have good special teams. Matt Gay is in the NFL hitting game winners right now. Also hitting monster kicks in practice too. Yeah. But here's the thing: Kyle Winningham has earned the benefit of the doubt when it comes to special teams. If he mm-hmm. thinks that Andrew Stroud's going to be his guy, yeah, he may not have the range of a Matt Gay. He may not be Andy Phillips, but if he trusts this guy. I'd trust That's, Kyle. That says a lot, right? Yes. If, if uh, Whip makes you the number one kicker. Now, he won't be afraid to uh, Chaden Johnson you. If mm-hmm. you miss one kick, you may never see the field ever again. Now, it just so happened there was a guy who was pretty good behind him. but Yeah. Um, <laughs> but other than that, yeah, make sure you're hitting those field goals. Correct. There, Andrew. Uh, here's the thing. I think Utah, in terms of kicking this year, you're not going to see them kick 50-yard field goals this year. I don't think so I would either. expect anything outside of 45 yards is probably the range Utah would be comfortable trying a kick in. Mm-hmm. Kyle, in the last couple of years, speaking of Coach Whittingham, has really become a guy who's really looking at uh, probabilities. He's really gotten into yes. these metrics. He has He's got the book guy. Jeff Rudy yeah. standing behind him, who's his director of ops, and Jeff carries that white binder with him. He opens it up on third and fourth downs. They look at it, they look at the down and distance, mm-hmm. the field position. It tells you, here's your percentage of getting the first down versus kicking it away, punting it, or field goal. And I would expect this year, Kyle – he may be a little more aggressive with that in terms of going for it on fourth in advantageous situations with regards yeah. to field goals. I, I would agree with that. I think they may attempt to do some punting, where it, some situational punting, as it were. Correct. If you ask God, Jay. Yes. Um, it'll, uh, <laughs> you know, they may, like you say, they get in that 45-yard range. Maybe they try to punt one in and pin them because of the defensive prowess they also may be more willing to go for more mm-hmm. uh, fourth downs because of how good that defense could be yeah and i wouldn't blame them either yeah i wouldn't blame them you got zach that. moss if you need a yard hence to that guy and if you turn it over on downs at the opponent's 45 you're still feeling pretty good about your defense going back on the field yes so he may have the ability to be a little more aggressive this year and in the last couple of years he's been a little more he's ran more fourth down plays than i can ever remember he has. And, and that was with good kickers. Exactly. I think in this year will be a little interesting, but the fact that if he feels like he's settled on Andrew Stroud, that says to me that Kyle feels comfortable with this young man, mm-hmm. thinks he can be the guy that they need kicking the ball. I just don't think this year in terms of field goals for Utah, you're not going to see Matt Gay out there booming a 60-yard. No, definitely you. not. Also sounds like they've got their offensive line a little bit more along. He mm-hmm. said they got six, seven guys ready to go. The next guys are coming along in development. Um, Kyle Winningham's not going to put anybody out there who's not game ready. Correct. Well, anyone on that offensive staff will do it. Yeah, we heard him last week say that the drop-off on the defense between the ones and the twos was pretty significant, in his opinion. Now, whether or not that's because they're so awesome Mm -hmm. in the first string, uh, that's probably the case when you've got that many NFL guys out there on the team. But (laughs) um, linebacker, he brought up that they still need some depth there. Uh, he never brings up the backfield, really, because it seems like they're doing just fine back there. But 
Yeah. Uh, linebackers, obviously, with the departure of Manny Bowen, they still got a, a lot of work to do in that department. Correct. Uh, well, and then the whole Bam Olaseni uh, yeah. situation, he says that he's been cleared academically. It's now the NCAA clearinghouse has got to sign off on it in their regards. It's it's Once he's cleared, he will join the team. And he's got all the physical tools, it appears, but Kyle has been very clear that he needs to get in shape and get caught up mm-hmm. on things. But if they have six, seven guys on this offensive line, a lot more comfortable feeling than it was earlier this summer when it really looked like okay what are they doing offensive line wise because it was a little bit of a question mark there mm-hmm. and he uh, mentioned the scholar three scholarships that he's awarded i only saw videos for two of them there was one today uh oh. mason I, wanted, I can't remember what his name is but he actually i think i think it's the young man's wife they had like the trainers introducing themselves to the team oh, saying just, where they were oh, from there it is, yeah and he, at the very end, it's his wife. She's wearing a hat to be incognito. She takes the hat off. She's like, I think it's Mason is the name. Yeah, she's Mason like, Woodward. She's like, Mason, baby, you're on scholarship, and the team just freaks out. I'll have out. to watch that on. Uh, it was really cool. During the break. I love the one with Navy and Ken Niamatololo and Even his son, Ali'i. Yeah. Ali'i. I had no idea he played for the youth, but I thought that was a really cool way to do it. I've never seen them go like cross university like that. That was cool. And yeah. it was cool that you know the, na- the midshipmen – you know, flashed the U, mm-hmm. and uh, then he said, by the way, you're on scholarship. I thought that Elite was really eat my cool. son, you're on scholarship. Yeah. The team just goes nuts. I thought that was cool. The pizza one was cool. So Every one of these, I'll watch. I don't I'll care. I'll watch any of them, yeah. yeah I it's don't just care. like watching reunion videos. It could be Timbuktu State in the middle of Arkansas, and I will be watching it. No problem. Yeah, I'll just go I'll go on YouTube and watch or, or you, YouTube, YouTube uh-huh. and watch just like Dogs reunited with owners who were yes. overseas or something. Like Correct. I'll watch any of those. I'll watch any of these. I think it's cool. It's a huge accomplishment to be given a scholarship, in, yeah. whether it's academics or athletics. Mm-hmm. Uh, either way, it's, an, it's, it's very hard to do. And if you earn one from a football team that is always bringing more athletes in and you know, eating up those scholarships. Yes. It says a lot about someone if they work. And this Mason Woodward's a walk-on. Senior. Senior walk-on. Syracuse high school grad. Yep, earns himself a scholarship after three, four years. And, Actually served uh, a mission, so he's we're five, six years in at this point yes, now? Yes, six years in, he gets himself a scholarship that should never be minimized. So congratulations to the three guys who got their scholarships. It, 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 Utah, it, and all yeah. the BYU, Utah State, everyone oh, yeah, does it, all do and it. It's, all, it's awesome. It's gratifying for everyone involved because these coaches want to reward their players. Kyle, these three young men have put their heart and soul, blood, sweat, and tears literally into this program. And it's got to be gratifying for these coaches to be like, hey, I'm rewarding you for it. And it's just great to have these guys get the opportunity. They've worked hard. It's paying off for them because think of how how many thousands of dollars, how many hours and everything they've put into these programs. To get a little bit of a payoff in that regard, it's awesome. You can't, you can't, like. And it it breaks things up, the monotony of camp a little bit. Like, this is such a good way to get your players to really celebrate something yeah, exactly. as a group. See, BYU yesterday took – they took uh, yesterday and today off. They went uh, paintballing yesterday. Oh, cool. That's cool. Uh, there were a couple of players that didn't wear shirts apparently. And they Got were, welted up. I saw some stuff on social media. Guys, like, they're bleeding. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Like, that – because I, I think all three of us here have been paintballing. It Through was, the pain, Jake. It hurts bad when you're wearing, like, three or four layers. Yeah. Imagine bare skin. Ugh. Yeah. I know tough guy sport football. I get that, but still, that's just no. That's I would rather not bleed everywhere. Yeah, you're you're. you're, I think you're bordering on like that (laughs) that edge of like, okay, yeah, that's just a bit too much there. 
Like, that doesn't need to be. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of paintball. I've been once or twice and not a big fan of it. I used to paintball pretty regularly. So I, I was Did you wear like a... You ever been shot in the face? Ton of layers. No, you wore a mask always. Yeah. You Did you have, wear the mask? Yeah, okay. the full mask. Yeah. You were a smart man. You were the smart guy. Cause yeah. I think I had you a, have to these days. You do. Okay. I had a buddy that went recently. He sends a picture back, and he got pegged. So kind of that crease between your nose and your cheek oh. right here. And I'm like, and he sent, he put it on social media. I'm like, whoo, dude. That like, must have been a non-sanctioned kind I, of paintball. I just I'm, in the woods I'm, I'm assuming so. The woods and just shot at but other. I just looked at it. I'm like, oh. Dude, that that's gonna leave a mark. That's a, that's a rough place to get hit. Yeah, it was bad. It looked really bad. Anyways, so I, I'm with you. It breaks up the monotony of camp, allows these guys to take a little bit of a break, celebrate a teammate. I think that they've they want to celebrate. And a lot of these walk-ons mean a lot to the team. Oh yeah. Well, and okay, I've actually had people that tell me, well, those got to be staged. That's not staged. I'm sorry, that is not staged. These players' reactions. They understand how hard it is. Like a lot of these guys that come in on scholarship, they understand how hard these walk-ons are. Working, there a lot of these guys are carrying jobs on the side yeah. of playing football. Which let's be real, playing college football is a full time job. These guys see what these guys these walk ons go through. So when they see them get reward for that scholarship, that's an absolutely genuine response. Yep, definitely. Uh, all right, coming up on the other side, we will wrap things up here on the Saturday show and uh, make way for the movie zone. That's all coming up here on the Zone Sports Network. <laughs> Wrapping things up here on a Saturday afternoon. Hope everyone enjoyed the show. If you did at all, please just subscribe. If you didn't, though, also please subscribe to our podcast directly. Uh, you can find it anywhere you do your podcasting. Correct. Uh, and you can do any anything that Jake does, anything that I do, the movie zone, this show, Tony and Austin, DJ PK, uh, Hanson Scotty, and the big show with Gordon and Jake, also in contention. Um, also, Scotty and Hans put out a podcast every once in a while. Um, Pretty a lot much going anything on. we do on this station, you can find it podcasting. Yep. You just have to search it individually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, once you do that, you'll be able to get it one at a time. So please do that. I'm not above begging anyone. Might as well. Might as well. Yeah. Nobody else is going to beg for you. But appreciate <laughs> Yeah, true. But appreciate everybody sticking around for the show. Um, on the other side, it's the movie zone with Austin and myself. So Jake gets to go to Princess Night at the Ballpark. I get to stick around for another hour. What's out this weekend? Um, not a lot. Okay. But there's uh, a movie called Blinded by the Light, which is kind of the basis of our poll question this week. And uh, it was, uh, what is your favorite underrated movie? Ooh, okay. That's a great question. Yeah. You got one that you like? People let me. I know uh, Alex said that thing you do, right? That thing you do is a good one. Um, one I would throw out there in terms of a comedy, I would put, um, oh, what's the name of it? Uh, Strange Brew. I'd throw that out there. Okay. And, and I like Strange Brew. I know you're, you served a, a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints. I better get that all the way out there. In Canada, so that's probably a little more up your alley. Have you seen Strange Brew? No. You haven't seen Strange Brew? I don't think so. You should oh, check man. it out. 
You'll it, 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 it's an acquired taste. I will freely admit that, but I feel like it's underrated. Now, Alex got me into another Canadian show. So what other Canadian called show? Letter Kenny, which is on Hulu, which I highly Letter su- Kenny. I highly suggest it if you're not offended by cursing and things like that. What is the it's motif definitely, of? It's a small town in Canada. Okay. And town of five thousand people, and as somebody who lived in some small towns yeah. in Canada. I can verify that it is 100% accurate. Is okay. it? That makes it even better. I love that. I, he told me to watch it. I burned through the whole series so far. I know they have a new season coming out, but yeah, it's really funny. All right. I, hey, strange. What's the strangest thing you ever saw in Canada? <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to think on that because there, there's a lot of stuff in contention. <laughs> um, oh, Rick Moranis was in Strange Brew. Yes, it Strange Brew is a lot of people I've realized growing up. I saw it early on in life. I, I've it's been kind of part of my life I for a long time. One. Yeah, I've realized more and more. And I ask people about that movie in particular when it comes up in conversation. Like, what's Strange Brew? And it is, it, it's it's stereotypical ca- ca- Canadian humor, and it's great. Mm. It is lots of fun. So, oh, cool. I'll check it out now that you've inspired me. I will be watching that. So, uh, we were. We won't be talking about Strange Brew on the other side because I haven't seen it. But coming up next is the Movie Zone. Uh, So for Jay Catch and Alex, big thanks to everybody stopping by the show, including Sean Walker, Frank Dolce, and Kyle Whittingham, and Steve Starks. I thought we had a good show today. So Mm -hmm. check out the podcast at toyzone.com. If not, we'll see you at 6 a.m. on Monday morning as DJ and PK get you prepared for a short week ish until college football gets going so that's 10, pre- 10 days starting monday so it should be pretty good uh the movie zone coming up next here on the zone sports network